Well, hello. You are listening to the BrianMadden.com podcast. I'm your host, Jack Madden, and I'm here today with my guest, Shreyas Hidalgi. Shreyas, hello. Hello, Jack. Well, I'm very excited to have you today for this podcast. So, so Shreyas is from Better Cloud, and you and I, we also go back a ways. I think we probably met uh, five years ago, but instead of, instead of uh, burying the lead, I'll just go, um, just go right into it. So Better Cloud uh, could do, does something that could be described as group policy for your cloud apps. That's correct. That's the best way to say it. And I should say for, uh, specifically for your, for your SaaS apps because cloud apps could be a lot of different things. Yeah, that's right. Cloud apps mean uh, a lot of different things for a lot of uh, different audiences. We focused on uh, what you can say as packaged cloud applications called as SaaS today. And uh, if you're a digital workplace or an organization who's adopted an anchor SaaS application like Google G Suite or Office 65, those are the kind of applications that we're talking about um, and that we solve... Uh, Challenges for IT operations or for security operations, and and uh, like group policy, like, like as you can imagine, this is uh, all of these apps have all sorts of these user-facing settings in them. And uh, what do we do these days? The 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 status quo is to somebody logs into an an administrator account and has to set all these settings manually. That's right. I mean, that's that's the kind of interesting. Uh, you know, transformation that's happening today in the digital workplace. A lot of control has shifted to the end users. Uh, so these SaaS products are democratizing controls and the consumerization of enterprises, giving back control to the end users. Uh, so the users are really happy and productive, but IT is left with a lot more limited control uh, to administer and secure these applications and really understand what their users are doing inside these applications. We call them user interactions. Um, and so what's happening is that there's a big gap uh, for IT and security teams because all the controls, like you said, are hidden and buried inside each SaaS application. Uh, they're available through APIs. Um, uh, only a minimal amount of those controls are exposed through the native admin consoles. But, um, you know, there's a gap for uh, to, to unify and get a central kind of view into all these admin controls and settings in one place. And that's the gap that we address. Okay, and, and well, so, so let, let, let's back up a little bit because so um, this, is, this is the type of gap that we've been talking about at BrianMadden.com and in the mobile and the identity space uh, for, for quite a long time because here we are sitting in 2019 and uh, we were just talking before about how, uh, like me personally, I got my start around 2011 when we were talking BYO iPads and we were talking, oh, people are bringing personal Gmail accounts and personal Dropbox accounts um, and just using those because those are good examples at, at hand into the office. And along with the personal um, iOS and Android devices and and there was that wave of consumerization of IT where it's like, what do we do about all these things? And then, of course, we uh, we have mobile device management, now enterprise mobility management, and we have um, identity management. And these are these are things I've I've spent my eight years here, like writing about what is this enterprise mobility thing, and what is and now for the last three or four years, I've been covering a lot of identity management as well. And so, so your career. As well, so when 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 we first met, you were at Centrify, and of course, uh, doing exactly um, MDM uh, identity management, um, what uh, now everybody is calling conditional or or contextual access. Those were kind of the conversations that we were having early on. So, give me the give us the the quick tour of of your background. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it's uh, that's very interesting, and that's actually led to my motivation to join Better Cloud. Uh, when identity as a service and EMM got really matured in the market, uh, you know, I saw a lot of uh, enterprise organizations and heard from a lot of the partners that uh, I used to work with that many organizations are solving that first order or problem and challenge to embrace BYOD, right? BYOD in terms of devices and, and getting on the first or second app in terms of productivity for every user. And then... Uh, there was a gap in terms of like what is the next thing that uh, IT and security wants to do to uh, embrace and basically make uh, every user embrace uh, the SaaS apps 
and just make them productive, right? So, you know, the reason endpoint management, mobility management, and identity management really became um, the de facto standard and really took off is because, uh, you know, organizations needed a way to, you know, implement policies for their devices and giving them secure access from those devices into the apps. Uh, you call them like secure connections into the apps. Um, and then uh, the the next order of challenge was sort of an impossible task, uh, so to speak, to solve. Right, because so, so we had solved, okay, so we're in this new mobile and cloud era. We see um, probably a lot of people thought of it in terms of mobile devices first because it was starting after 2007. It was everybody wants to bring in that iPhone. And we Correct. thought like, oh, we got to do something about this. So it's like, okay, uh, mobile device management so that we know that it is encrypted and patched and and then configuring it is useful and mobile app management. Uh, and then of course on the on the SaaS app side, um, similar story, which it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting how, um, you know, we're talking about both of these technologies being being mature it seemed like the we were talking about device management mm -hmm. for a long time before we really started about talking about uh identity management correct and and uh federating to uh to to SaaS apps but as you mentioned so now now we have that level of maturity and with uh with federation of course they're the win wins of for for users and it in in terms of single sign-on and and the identity management standards cover um, user provisioning and and deprovisioning. Um, but of course, like if we look at what we've done on traditional Windows uh, desktops for for years and years, we're we're kind of only scratching the surface. That's right. And and if you look at how those platforms all came together, right? You know, the first effort that was made was, you know, you know, Google uh, and Apple made a standard for providing basic MDM for their own platforms, for their iOS and Android platforms. Um, and then, you know, for each SaaS application, each vendor tried to solve single sign-on and authentication by providing a SAML interface. Uh, but then the, the problem quickly became more sort of untenable because how do you control that for multiple flavors of OS devices as well as for applications? And so there was a standard that was born to unify all of that stuff. And, and there were platforms born to manage all of those independent controls and provide a central layer to manage devices or manage secure access to applications. Um, and the challenge has been that for the security and administrative controls inside these SaaS applications, there is not a standard today, right? There is not a standard today. Uh, they're so custom. Um, they're all pretty much like available through APIs, but uh, there's not one vendor or platform stepping up. And we filled that gap at Better Cloud in 2011 when we saw that for just for G Suite. Uh, we did that really successfully for the first four or five years of our business. And once we got traction, customers came back to us and said, you've done an excellent job of solving this for G Suite. Can you please do the same thing for my best of breed SaaS stack, like G Suite, Slack, Box, Dropbox, and so on. And, and that's really what led to us rebuilding what we had built and really rebuilding it for multiple SaaS applications. And we spent two years and did a crazy thing that many startups cannot afford to do. And we pulled it off, which is, you know, we ran a business, but built a new platform and launched it two years later. And in 2017, um, we basically launched what we call as the first SaaS operations management platform to provide a unified way for security and administration controls across SaaS applications. Okay, so so there's a lot in there. So let, let's, uh, you, you said, uh, it was it was 2011 that Better Cloud launched, just focused entirely on on G Suite. So so, and and was that um, like the the classic start out in stealth for a while and get funding and and then launch or or how did that origin start? Yeah, that's that's a great qu question. So our founders actually came from cloud Sherpas, um, and so they had seen this problem um, being done and solved. And as cloud, cloud it, Sherpas. Uh, Cl uh, Cloud Sherpas was one of the prominent uh, resellers of uh, Google's uh, G Suite, or in those days it was called G uh, Google Apps. Right. Okay. Uh, and um, you know, many years later they got acquired by Accenture, and so that is Accenture's sort of foray into digital transformation. Um, and so Cloud Sherpas sort of led the revolution of you know convincing organizations to begin their digital transformation journey 
by using Google Apps in those days and now what is called as G Suite. And were, were, were these at, at the time, um, like, like sometimes when we think of Google Apps or G Suite customers, we think of native um, born in the cloud companies. And, and so were, were these companies at, at, at the time, I, I imagine a lot of them, they're just starting out and they're whatever's in the G Suite admin console they'll just use whatever's there in the admin console. And if they need a new feature, hopefully they'll put in requests and Google will do it. So so I, I guess where does the the um, better cloud obviously comes in and, and sees like, well, we need to build something on top of this and integrate with with, with, uh, right. with APIs. Right, right. So that's literally what CloudShirpers was being asked to do by these customers. I call them bleeding edge organizations who just, you know, started their, you know, digital workplace with Google right. Apps. In, in 2011, Google Correct. Apps was like startups and educational Correct. institutions. Correct. Correct. And then and then they came back and, and so Google, you know, since CloudShirp has represented Google um, to really be the face of Google, um, you know, these customers would tell CloudShirp saying, yes, we have a gap. I don't have my admin controls and security controls as I used to have um, or I need something because Google doesn't offer it. And 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 what CloudShirpers did is yes they were essentially providing this as a service uh, repeatedly to every customer organization, and that is when the founders of Better Cloud who were in CloudShirpers saw an opportunity saying wow this is actually a market opportunity for actually building a separate software platform that we can just deliver as a service instead of us delivering it as a professional services or consulting engagement, uh, and that's what led to to Better Cloud uh, in 2011. Okay, and 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 so that that built for for a couple of years, and then then this um, right this whole this whole rebuilding to support other other SaaS apps, which it it, it makes complete sense. Right, and and so what happened is interestingly, we got a lot of adoption um, back in 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 2012 and 2013 because we launched this as a free application in Google's uh, uh, marketplace, Google App Marketplace. Um, and so all, all of a sudden you had 50,000 customers uh, using Better Cloud for free uh, to solve their IT um, administrative controls gap inside G Suite. Um, and and at, that, at that time, did, did, um, did it prov- provide like, li- li- like um, is, it, is it just a, an overlay that's going in between the, the IT admin and what G Suite provides? Or is there like integration if, if you have like uh, some sort of other policy engines or traditional directory on the other side that you need to sort of translate all the policies that you have somewhere else over into, into G Suite? Uh, that's a great question. So actually there was not a policy definition language that these customers were, were using um, because they were beginning their journey with, with Google as a directory, right? They had these policies that they were used to in an Active Directory, but since they started their journey with Google, there was no Active Directory in place. And so Better Cloud became the place where they defined the the policies um, and became the de facto UI for the central administrative console. Um, now we have a lot of customers who actually right. have that request. Yeah, t- t- today, so so fast forward today in 2019, it's um, every single company has uh, has has SaaS apps. It's it's not just the 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 born in the in the cloud companies, and and the difference is that now that these older and enterprise companies, they all have their their uh, their their on-premises uh, Active Directory and and uh, group policy objects and, and everything that's been defining how their users work and defining all their security policies work. And of course, they have many, many uh, SaaS apps other, other than just uh, G Suite. So suddenly we're we're in a much more complex world now. So I, I guess that, that that's certainly, it sounds like that's what, what was keeping um, keeping Better Cloud very busy, I'm sure, for uh, for the last couple of years of Getting to the place where you where you could address this new world, right? I mean, that's that's so. What happened was a very challenging thing for us to decide uh, as a company. Um, and between 2015 and and 2016, the company was you know this in this flux, which is like, well, do we take this bold step of building what these customers are asking for, or should we let that be solved by the native platform vendors like maybe Google or Microsoft or somebody else like a Quest or a VMware, right? So. And that's really why I said we did something crazy because we're, we're a startup and we were, you know, we're not that well funded at that, that time. And that's when one of our a new investors at that time, Axel, uh, came in and said, "Well, we'll invest in the company, but 
uh, only on the basis that you're going to take this bold step forward to build this uh, new platform. And, and Axel, as you know, uh, was one of the early investors uh, in AirWatch. And so they had already seen this kind of a play uh, being executed uh, really well, uh, where AirWatch became the sort of de facto policy management for any mobile OS. And so that's literally the vision that they define. And we agreed with them that uh, Better Cloud should be this this platform for policy management across any SaaS application in your digital workplace. Right, right. So, so, so how did the ramp up of support for different SaaS applications go from from G Suite in 2011 to however many for today? Because because we're talking essentially. Um, all, all of these different SaaS applications you're building to whatever API you have. And, and, and that's, that, that's one of the biggest differences because um, uh, thinking back in the traditional um, uh, on-prem Windows world, uh, so many of these user and security settings, they're exposed uh, via group policy. A lot of uh, users um, attributes, they're in their Windows profile and we have Windows profile management vendors that especially sprung up around the desktop virtualization space that like they've they've been dealing like all these things but it's all all Windows profiles for for years and years and but there's there's no one profile that goes across all of these um, all of these SaaS apps except maybe okay they all they're well. A lot of them, I should say, um, speak SAML because there right. there's still tons of apps out there and like in different industry verticals. Like we're sort of for right now, we're taking stuff like um, like SAML and having a cloud-based uh, IDP is kind of a uh, kind of a, taking it for granted. But but of course, there's we're still in relatively speaking early days for that as well. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's why we we begun this uh, interesting strategic partnership with uh, all of the identity vendors. We started with Okta. Um, and and that's because you know those customers who are familiar with this challenge have come to recognize and adopt you know unifying SAML uh, as a standard to solve that first layer of challenge for SaaS applications. But to your point, Jack, a lot of the other uh, we we call it like we actually use an iceberg analogy. So top of the iceberg is is all the SAML based configurations that have been sort of solved by customer organizations. The eighty uh, percent of the challenge is sitting under the iceberg where everything else is still manual and maybe and maybe the the the, the next one after saml for federation is maybe like skim for user provisioning yeah i would actually put skim as well in the top of the iceberg it, okay, because okay. again it's a standard right so 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 it's 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 like state of state of the industry today um uh a, a, a typical uh, SaaS app that's that's up on this stuff. They're they're supporting SAML and and Skim. And, and Skim probably. So so you can you can assume that again, assuming that you're talking like uh, uh, a, a SaaS app that has gone down this Correct. this road of, of of supporting identity that way. But then there's so there's the rest of the the rest of the iceberg there. Correct. The rest of the iceberg is is really what uh, customers uh, who have uh, you know solved that first layer of challenge with an identity provider. They're they're left dealing with the rest of those settings. Like you can take any configurations and settings uh, from email settings, uh, folder settings, file settings, uh, user settings beyond uh, what is possible through SAML or Skim. Uh, they're all really you know left to be done through APIs. And today customers are solving them uh, either um, in the native admin consoles of each SaaS application, but only the lowest common denominator functions are exposed in those ad admin consoles. The second thing that customers are doing is they're writing their own scripts by calling APIs again against the SaaS platform Correct. APIs. Do you find that the state of it, it sounds like then of these typical uh, apps that you're talking about, most of them the API has more functionality than the than the admin console. Correct. Correct. Well, at, at least at least that's <laughs> at least that, that that's a good state to be in. Right. Uh, you know, I, I was having a a, a conversation. Um, with, with some people the other day, like in the enterprise mobility management uh, place, like the MDM APIs uh, compared to the number of settings that are available within the user interface of the settings app, and this goes for both Android and iOS, like the MDM APIs are a, are a very small subset of what's available in the settings. And and, and so uh, you'll, you'll appreciate this um, 
like like one of the conversations I've been having around recently was like, what we need is the the settings apps to expose app config values for like everything. So on iOS supervised mode devices or or Android enterprise uh, corporate only business only devices, like could 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 do that. But that's that's a, another whole uh, conversation. Right, and that's I think that's a great analogy though, right? Which is like. Since there was no uh, standard for all these, you know, settings beyond the MDM APIs or even MDM APIs for that matter, is still not a standard set of APIs. That's when that's what led to app config, right? And so, in many ways, I think that you know we are leading that revolution for app config for SaaS. Uh, well, well, so 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 that's a question because I'm assuming now, like, uh, better cloud is on the treadmill of uh, like every month or every quarter seeing. Uh, which SaaS apps you're getting new requests for. You have to keep up with um, every new version of the API that each vendor that you support, uh, new features like that. That has to be a huge engineering effort. And, and is it, I'm, I'm guessing like for, for now, that that's the cost of doing business for better cloud is being on that treadmill. That, that is your spot on. And that's that to me, and I'm glad you appreciate that engineering feed that we, we have uh, done and we continue to kind of take on, right? Which is really because there is not a normalized standard or, or a protocol that that's the kind of key IP. If you ask me that we've built is, is two things, right? One is having the depth of relationships uh, with each of these uh, SaaS vendors with their partner engineering teams to understand all their APIs. And if at, if at some point we don't see an API, we since we have a relationship and we're credible to them, we make an ask and they're able to actually make adjustments or changes or maybe introduce new APIs to us. So that's the first big problem we solve. The second problem is what you just alluded to, which is the ongoing changes uh, to the APIs of these SaaS vendors and then dealing with deprecations and new APIs so that is really the business and the heart of the problem that we are in, uh, and that is both a challenge and an opportunity, uh, an opportunity, I would say. But that is the engineering feat that I would say we've pulled off. Well, well, and and so this this idea of of, of app config for SaaS apps, I want to return to that. But um, but while while we're talking about the the scale of work, of engineering work that it takes to um, to support all of this for your customers. Um, give us a sense of the scale of of Better Cloud. Like how many how many apps you're supporting, um, the the customers, the the, um, yeah. the 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 size of your engineering organization, and you know the funding and all that. Like the whole the whole rundown. <laughs> okay, the whole rundown. Okay, well, so Better Cloud as a company is seven years old, um, and we've raised uh, close to 110 million dollars in financing, uh, led by Bain Capital, Excel, um, and a few other investors. And so we're not, we now have 2,500 customers across the world, um, out of which we have around 8 million active users that we're managing behind uh, these customers in their, in their SaaS applications. Do most of those scale enterprise size? or I would say the, the size of our organizations uh, that we have are all the way from, I would say, 200 user organizations right. to 10,000 user organizations. I'm thinking back to, uh, to the, those organizations that would have been right. originally the G Suite customers. Right, right. And so I would say like, so just to kind of the on the stats, so we have uh, 8 million users who are being managed behind uh, our platform. And then we, we have, you know, our platform, just to give you a sense of the scale of APIs that we handle, right? So we ingest around more than a billion events uh, a day from the API feeds that we get, uh, as well as we're making you know, a lot of API calls behind the scenes. And so the thing is, if you look at it from a SaaS provider's perspective, for example, from Google, what they've told us is, you know, Better Cloud as a single entity is almost a 20% consumer of the APIs that we drive towards them for G Suite. In, into G Suite, right. Correct, right. correct. And so that's the kind of scale that we've built in. And, um, you know, going back to your, your question on like the size of the organization and the maturity is interesting because, you know, Two, three years ago, if you know, when, when we go through a sales cycle and we're talking to prospective customers, it was a hard sell and it's an, it was an evangelical sell for us to say, oh, you, you know, you, you, you do you have these problems? Uh, and then they would oftentimes nod their heads and then we would basically get into the opportunity. Now, fast forward, what's happening is even large customer organizations like big banks and you know, organizations with more than like you know, 10 to 20,000 users 
have not only adopted SaaS apps, but when we first have our first engagement with them, without us asking them or probing, they tell us all their challenges, and it's literally the same problem set that we were going to ask in terms of qualifying questions. Right, right. Well, well so it, it, it's like I was thinking the in, when we would always talk about uh, Windows apps, we'd, we'd say that um, for any given organization size, you divide by ten, and and that's how many different apps they have. And and I imagine for for SaaS apps, it, it has to be getting somewhere somewhere closer there because when when I think of when I go to um, like I probably are my experience is probably like a lot of people's like some of our apps are um, are federated, but I have a whole bunch of other logins that just saved in my in my pass man password manager that are unmanaged, and all of those apps have their same have have lots of settings in them that some admin somewhere needs to manually give me permissions to do and and set up things and like the the admins are. A lot of the times, the admins for the SaaS apps—they're in the business units. They're not in IT, and and uh, it, it's it's just a, a it's a it's a it's a big mess out there that, that customers are dealing with their yes. with their SaaS apps. Yes, and I think that's the I think going back to the kind of number of apps that we support, right, in comparison to what's actually happening today. So, an average enterprise today or organization has around hundreds of SaaS applications. But but your point, no, no, not every app is being used by every uh, user, right? So it's in kind right, of cohorts right. of groups, and, and so and 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 not and of those hundred hundreds of SaaS apps, maybe not even every one of them, as as you mentioning, is uh, is even federated with their IDAS. Maybe some Correct. of them are still are still manual. Maybe some of them don't support SAML. Uh, like 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 we said, there there are a lot of apps out there that's it's like. Very surprising that they don't support SAML and right, get, right. Get with the game. Yeah, exactly, and that's what uh, we're pretty much doing the same as well. And so I think if you look at the approach that we've taken to build out the number of connectors that we support for SaaS apps, we today we have ten native connectors. Okay, so ten. And can you can you list them? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Google's G Suite, uh, Microsoft Office sixty five, Slack, Dropbox, Box, uh, Zendesk, uh, Atlassian, Namely. Uh, Salesforce, Okta, I think, I think that's ten. Right, right. Uh, and and the reason we went after these is because you know again if you look at you know how broadly uh, are these apps deployed and being used, right? That's the first question we ask. And then two, are they sanctioned or unsanctioned applications, right? So w the the big gap and the problem that our organizations were having are still having are again an app that touches every employee and an app that that is pretty much a productivity app. And so that's something that you know exposes a lot of you know pain and, and issues that we want to solve first. Uh, we obviously want to get to the long tail of, of SaaS applications, and our approach has been you know in January this year, we actually opened up our product through open platform APIs. And so what that means is now customers don't need to wait for us to build a connector for a SaaS app that they need; they can actually use our APIs and a SaaS provider's APIs and build their own custom connector. Oh, oh that that's that's cool. And then where where does that where does their connector that they build live? Yeah, it's a great question. So that actually lives in their own better cloud instance, but we're in the process of opening up uh, that that connector sharing through a community. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something that we're working on actively and so later this year we want to democratize like what customer A builds in terms of their custom connector should be available to customer B and just instantly load it into their better cloud instance. And and of course, if a um, if a SaaS app vendor could could also uh, could could they write to to they your could. API as well? And that's our hope. And then going back to the app config, config uh, you know discussion, right? So you know our, our hope is that we can really you know bring together the whole SaaS community to say, hey, use our APIs and use your APIs, and you can now write a custom connector or a connector authored by an ISV. And then load it up into our community or marketplace, right? And that becomes a much more scalable problem for all of us to 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 solve. Well, well, so so th so thinking of the app config model uh, for for a second. So obviously, app config, um, and for for anyone that's listening that that, that may not be familiar with um, app config, it it's it, it rides on top of functionalities that uh, the iOS and Android MDM protocols provide. That if the if the MDM Installs an app, 
the, the app can also uh, expose values that can be configured by the MDM protocol. And the, the, um, that's like the basics of app config. And then the app config community has defined like a schema where you can sort of define what values your app can uh, are available within your app. And then your, your EMM management council can uh, consume that XML and sort of mm-hmm. so it can expose everything in the management UI. And, um, but there we're, there we're building, uh, we, we have Apple and Google creating the MDM specification that's, that we're building off of. When we're talking um, uh, better cloud and and a bunch of SaaS vendors, probably the one thing that I'm thinking the one thing that they all, probably all have in common is uh, is SAML and like, like is is there a way to build this on top of that somehow? And 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 this is I'm maybe getting out of my my depth of of, of level, but is there, is there a way to go on top of some other standard, or or do you think this is going to have to be something new? No, I think you're you're heading in the right direction. I think the we've put a lot of thought into this as to if we were to lead an industry consortium or a spec, what would it be? And uh, one thought is, you know, maybe scheme could be a, a way that we could use to extend because it's a very flexible schema. And so we can actually extend, you know, beyond users and, and attributes and groups. Can we go more deeper into the other configurations and settings that can be defined in scheme? And I think there's a possibility for, for that to to be the standard. Then there could be just a separate spec that that we could just write saying it's a SAS config, right, for, yeah. <laughs> for applications. Um, and so yeah, there's multiple ways to solve this, but to your point, I think we're ways away for from from app vendors adopting it, and then again, platform vendors like us to subscribe to it and basically build off that spec. Um, and and the interesting thing is, since we're doing this for SaaS applications now, I talked about the large customer organizations. Many of them are coming to us and saying, "Well, we live in a hybrid world." So yes, SaaS apps are great, but we also have a lot of custom apps that are hosted or on-prem, and we see you as the platform to unify oh. those controls as well, which is, again, becoming a crazy idea, like it was a crazy idea two, three years ago, but it's very practical today. And since we have an open platform API, we can actually allow customers to solve that who are willing to ask uh, their favorite SI to go build it, but build it on top of our platform. Oh, wow, wow. So, so you have customers doing that today? Uh, we, we are or- getting those requests today, but those are uh, practical requests to talk about, um, and because there is a way to do it now because of the platform APIs we have and the fact that somebody can actually pull that off if they wanted to do it, and actually okay, build it. yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's cool. It, it's it's like with all the IDAS platforms, um, it's like using a cloud-based IDAS to control access to your on-premises apps. Um, but but so so. In the, in this discussion about uh, like what if there was a, a SAS config standard or something like that, um, obviously we have the 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 SAS ISVs out there on one side and the, and then on the management side, and so I, I want to talk a little bit about where Better Cloud sits in that space because I'm thinking like who else could be interested in being part of this uh, like SAS config consortium, and I'm thinking um, like any of the IDAS vendors. Any of the UEM vendors, um, other cloud management vendors, and also uh, and and CASBs, and so I, w- I want to talk a little bit. So our our audience, um, if they've been reading BrianMadden.com, they're familiar with unified endpoint management. They're they should be pretty familiar with um, identity management platforms now. Um, we've talked a little bit about CASB, and, but I want to talk about how this compares and contrasts with what a CASB does. And as well, like there's uh, like other, other what's, even the, what's even the term, like SaaS platform management vendors and, and um, with, which it's uh, like not really clear. Even, even that term, it's not clear that we're talking like end user settings. Like it'd be a lot easier if they just all could call themselves like like GPOs for SaaS. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, since there's uh, a lot of um, analogies with big platform vendors who have done endpoint management, mobility management, server management. Uh, in fact, the next wave is SaaS app management, and Gartner actually has put out a new market category, which they call as SaaS management platforms. And they've actually said in that report that this is the next evolution 
like just like how you manage SaaS, sorry, servers, uh, endpoints, mobile devices, you need to think of SaaS applications as first-class digital assets that you can now manage through another platform. And so, in that vein, uh, I feel like the you know any platform vendor who's solved the UEM challenge, the EMM challenge, uh, it could be VMware, Google, Microsoft they would all be interested or at least want to have a say in doing this for SaaS applications. That's, that's I would say, one vector. The other vector is the identity management players, like you said, like who, they've already solved this for SAML and Skim. So those set of vendors like Okta, uh, OneLogin could also start doing this right, um, right. And, and have an interest. Well, and and, and so the, the, the CASB players, I mean, I mean so... So some of the because so the the way that the reason why this conversation um, is is happening by the way is because you and I hadn't um, hadn't seen each other in a, in a couple of years and then um, there was somehow we connected and like I looked on the Better Cloud website for for like all of thirty seconds and it's something about controlling cloud apps and and um, I was I was like. What is, what is this? It kind of sounds like a maybe a Casby, and and um, I, I guess for for readers or listeners that aren't, uh, if you're not familiar with Casby, I guess I mean there's there's the uh, like proxy and block stuff on the on the network level approach to Casby, and then there's the um, manage manage cloud apps through whatever APIs they they have exposed, and so so for that type of Casby, is it that sounds pretty similar or is it that they're more security focused or or, yeah, or no. what's 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 the difference between between better cloud and um and those types of casby vendors yeah so for all practical purposes better cloud is an api based casby as well uh again going back to that garter report they actually have said that in a nice uh, show that in a nice venn diagram where smps uh, which is our category overlaps with Casby's in a nice way, uh, but we only solve all the API-based functions, right? So, and that's one of the reasons why if you see our website, uh, our mission is that we secure user interactions across your digital workplace. And so security is our, is our first challenge that we solve. So broadly speaking, you know, organizations have two cha- kinds of challenges, security operations or IT operations for for SaaS applications, we've talked so and far. So that's that's all their policies, uh, like default. If if, if we're talking a, a file sync and share, it'd be um, making sure that you can't share all of your uh, important documents with uh, with anybody. That's right. That's right. And that's what we mean by uh, security operations. It's really the operational security that you want to control inside the SaaS applications. Well, that was the the heart of the problem that the Caspies, uh, at least had a vision to solve uh, but like you said they've they've you know most of the casbys have become network proxies and they've specialized in detecting shadow apps you know unsanctioned apps and sanctioned apps and then um, have a more of an allow block quarantine approach where it's really uh, it, it's for most organizations it's a disruptive approach it's not a productive approach uh, and what organizations what we're hearing at least what we're hearing in the last 18 months is that they want a more productive approach where they want to enable the digital workplace, but not disrupt the end user experience. And so the best way to do that, you know, is to go back to the native SaaS APIs and controls. And like you said, like if they're sharing a file accidentally, they need to unshare it. Right, right. It, it, it's And this is kind of the consumerization conversation that we've had for years. You can, you can run around blocking and telling your users not to use a file sync and share platform that they just found after after five seconds of Googling. Um, because it, and and you just say don't do that because it's not secure. Or you can adopt your own enterprise-oriented file sync and share and be like use this. And by the way, it'll be more convenient and you don't have to pay for it with your own credit card in secret. It's like the corporate thing. It, it, it's the uh, giving a carrot instead of a correct. Instead it's of a, a carrot versus a stick. Exactly right. And so that's why we know we've seen a lot of customers uh, adopt Better Cloud. Um, just in the process of them evaluating a CASB. And so they're picking uh, a platform like us, which can solve both the operational security challenges as well as the IT operations challenges that we just talked about, right, for uh, automating all the admin tasks. And so in that vein, you know, we are a CASB replacement for those kind of organizations who don't 
or don't need one or cannot afford one, but they just need a functional platform that can be used for day-to-day administration and security controls inside SaaS applications. Right. 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 So, so then, then you also have the. Um, so I'm I'm looking at the uh, the printout of this Gartner thing here. So it's the market guide for SaaS management platforms. And so so we were we were talking before the show that sort of the the state of the market is that um, a lot of them are focused in particular on either on G Suite or or Office 365. And 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 we were discussing so that. Um, one of one of better clouds USPs is that you're addressing multiple uh, SaaS apps. That's correct, and so this is still the early innings. And like you said, because the complexity of the APIs, the breadth, the depth, uh, the variety, uh, the disparateness of these APIs across multiple SaaS apps is still a big you know uphill battle for many companies getting, to go solve getting getting from 1 to 10 is Correct. is a big jump and then getting from 10 to 100 is uh how many uh how many engineering positions do you have open right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, well that's, that's a good question we have around 20 to 30 positions open uh, and i think uh it just reminds me uh, i think i forgot to answer one of your questions our strength uh, we're 230 employees uh you know in better cloud out of which 110 of them are in engineering and uh, they're all based in Atlanta. And so that's the kind of, you know, muscle power that we have, but it is still not enough to conquer the rest of the SaaS applications. Right, right. And our goal is to release like more of these native connectors that we can ship out of the box and right. customers can use out of the box. So, so right, right. As we, as we were discussing, it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach of more native connectors, customer source connectors, ISVs doing connectors, and um, we can we can hope maybe some sort of uh, industry consortium or, or or standard connector idea. Right, exactly, and that's why you know you know there's not a lot of vendors yet in in, in this category, and we welcome new vendors because this is something that uh, you know is not something that I believe is is a one vendor uh, market or category, and so a lot of the other vendors that you can read in the Gartner report are focused only on Office 65 because, you know, they've decided to solve uh, the problems only for maybe Microsoft Exchange or, or for SharePoint or for OneDrive, right? And so that itself is a big enough you know, market opportunity, so to speak. Uh, but but like we've discussed, organizations have a best-of-breed strategy, right? They right. want to prompt both OneDrive and Google Drive and Box and Dropbox, uh, all for file sharing, along with Slack for collaboration, maybe Microsoft Teams for another group. And so... That's where uh, you know this this sort of multi SaaS management and security approach is needed, and we believe uh, firmly that this is something that organizations will look to solve with a multi SaaS platform. Right, right. Okay, so so um, switching gears a little bit, I, I want to talk about the management tasks that customers are actually looking to do uh, within their applications, and so so we we talked a little bit like with um, like with a uh, content platform with a file sync and share one of the obvious ones is is going to be restricting and and directing how how share uh, sharing can happen and for security and who has access to what um, but of course there's there's are a whole bunch of other things that people could be doing like uh, setting time zones setting um, I don't know if, if there's a way the, the one that keeps on coming up um, is like the custom dictionaries in I don't know. I have the custom dictionary on my on my iPhone and my MacBook, and then the custom dictionary that like comes up within Word and then within uh, uh, G Suite because I use both of those. Um, there's just like it's a, there are a million possible settings that um, that I could uh, want to set, and then not to mention that. Um, like okay, this one platform may have an API to to define that and also like to set the correct time zone. Um, but does the other platform SaaS app that I also use have the same API, or is it done in a different way? So like, there's the the n number of settings and the n number of applications to to set them across. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's literally what customers. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed just now. Like. Just, yeah, just talking about it gives you a sort of a fatigue, uh, and that's literally what customers come to us and say. Well, just to share a file publicly or privately or to a group, 
the interface is different between Box, Dropbox, Google Drive, and OneDrive. And and the other interesting fact is Slack also, by the way, lets you you know load files and and share them within you know internal employees and external. Everything is a sharing platform. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, everything is a sharing platform. And so for us, we're just treating them as collaboration apps where a lot of corporate, you know, sensitive corporate content exists. And and how do we prevent misconfigurations? Really, the the problem that we're solving is SaaS misconfigurations. And what what customers when we go into a customer's environment, you know, we're able to easily find them accidentally or or just like you know this poor user behavior right. in Pro- terms of sharing content. Right, right. Probably probably the the first thing that they want to check out is is make sure that they don't have any um, like folders that are accidentally shared wide open to the internet. Correct. And I think that was that was in the news recently, yeah. not not too long yeah. ago. Yeah, and you saw that it was like box in the news, and and because again nothing malicious it's all purely accidental we've seen that phenomenon and problem over and over again boxes just recently right and, and and maybe maybe um like the the platforms like okay they they say like okay well the, the default uh sharing policies or default security policies like, like like how many years of of stories have there been about um like this is probably not the be- a, a different area, but in um, in terms of like unsecured uh, cloud storage instances where like that was the source of a breach. Correct. And so it's like okay, on the one hand, um, yes, like the platforms can do their part by making the default uh, having the the having things be more de- locked down by default. But also imagine I'm, I'm just now realizing that okay, so maybe you're setting it with better cloud and. Um, it, that would give you like a more unified portal to do to have auditability. Correct, exactly. And so I think uh, you know this a very simple example, right? So there is not a universal uh, data grid uh, that's available to give you all your files, just to view all your files from an admin perspective across Box, you know, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, um, and and basically or Slack and see them in one place. Well, now that you can see them in one place, like you said, if I want to just double click or just select a few items and apply controls across those those files, there's not a platform that lets you do that. And that's what we've done is exposed right, a Swiss right. army knife for those controls across those uh, files. And then the, the flip side is, you know, the default settings, you know, most of these apps ship with default settings, but then... A, a slight change in a setting could mean a, a lot of exposure for maybe Google Groups or for forwarding emails, right? Uh, or for sharing uh, files in box to the world. And so what we do in our platform is not just provide you a way to change these controls and settings. Uh, a big part of our platform is also we ingest the uh, events and the logs and the audit logs from all of these providers. So we can actually see when admins or privileged admins or end users change these sharing controls and we ingest these settings and we can flag a policy that says, hey, if you shared a, sorry, change the setting to share a file, then we'll send you an alert. That can alert can be sent to you on a text phone or, or in our console or through an email. But more importantly, we can easily have a policy that says if that happens and when it meets the condition, then you can take a series of actions as simple as go back and change that setting and revert it back. And oh, by the way, send me a Slack message or send me an email notification to the user and to his manager. Uh, and then basically it go from there, right? Right, right. And and so so again, we're, we're talking a lot about policies that have things to do with security, but um, what, what about some of those, other, what, what are typical examples of more, like it's not necessarily a security thing, but it's, um, what users need to do to get their job done, like in in um, like in a Windows profile or or in managing Windows endpoints, we think okay, um, maybe the user needs some uh, accessibility options done or um, you know other other configurations. They need to have all their shortcuts. And sure, some of these some of these things that are are today that you can you know maybe do with. Uh, with mobile device management or whatever your endpoint management is, but certainly some of them are also surfaced within the the SaaS applications themselves. Right. I mean, so we can discuss those. I would say that well, I would put them into two broad categories. One is like um, one-off uh, admin actions or tasks that uh, need to be done in response to you know IT requests or tickets that come in. Uh, or the second, I would say, is uh, it's a 
part of an onboarding offboarding process where it's a set of repeatable tasks or admin tasks that are to be done manually today so let's talk about them in, in those two use cases right the first use case is yeah like it help desk gets a request to say hey i want to change um, a folder permission or, or i want to basically make somebody a privileged admin inside an application well those typically mean that you go in and set up somebody as a super admin and so all of a sudden you have a gloat and a bloat of super admins um well what our platform can do is then you can say no i will create a delegated admin role inside better cloud just for you to do your task in slack or your box and that's one way to solve it so that's an admin task for you that became much simpler or uh, we can then basically uh, change the permissions uh, on the folder or in the file or anything that you want inside these configurations and easily resolve that that help us ticket without that help desk agent having to flip through multiple admin consoles. So that's the one use case. Right. The second use case is the onboarding, offboarding, where, well, after the user gets created through an identity provider, a whole bunch of onboarding tasks still need to be com uh, completed and they're manual today, right? For example, I want to assign uh, Jack to the Slack channels uh, and then invite the relevant members in a new channel. Uh, I want to give uh, Jack, you know, permissions to a folder and maybe have state all his files on day one. Uh, changes calendar settings and then maybe add him to a few zoom meetings um, those are all kind of classic onboarding tasks same thing happens i would say that's more sensitive for offboarding which is like there's a lot of content that you already have that needs to be transferred to your manager or your supervisor in box or in slack or in dropbox um, or for that matter you may be occupying a lot of zombie uh, calendar rooms uh, and invites because of those things haven't been deleted so those i would say those are classic admin tasks that need to be done on a repeated fashion when an employee joins or leaves. And so that typically, we've seen customers have 30 to 40 admin tasks, uh, and that can be easily defined in our workflow, and that gets fully automated. And, the, and those those tasks previously, they're, they're um, spread across several different uh, SaaS app uh, admin dashboards, right, right. Yeah, or, or they were being done through scripts, or they were done manually, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Or, or 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 uh, not at all you know it, it's um uh so uh so kyle is here listening in on the podcast and um it, it's um see i told you we should have uh, mic'd you in too um so so one of one of the interesting issues that that um we've been talking about recently as well is, is that if you need to revoke access to a, to a user session like saml doesn't really do uh, do the the greatest job of that, but a lot of the um, a lot of the SaaS app platforms have um, have the capability that you can like instantly um, uh, end the user's session. So I like 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 is this something that um, you know for for we say revoke a user session? Maybe it's their device became insecure. Maybe they were uh, exiting the organization. Um, but if I wanted to go and and, and and their sessions and all of the apps and 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 make sure that they're still not logged in. Is that something I can do as well? You can. And in fact, it's a great example because we just recently released uh, support for Salesforce uh, event monitoring. It's a it's a feature that is part of what Salesforce sells as part of their Shield security suite. It's like 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 insider threats and like suddenly suddenly I'm downloading all of our opportunities list exactly uh, right. for for like accounts that I don't even work on. It's like uh, yeah we're uh, yeah right. <laughs> we're, we're 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 kicking you out and sending an email to your manager. Correct. And in fact, so Salesforce uh, exposes a way to uh, expose all those events like hey report download login as um, to any any third party and so we're one of those uh, first providers to import that real-time um, streaming events uh, from salesforce and so then what you can do is you know if if you are found to download uh, x number of reports in y number of minutes or seconds then one of the actions that we can take is freeze user so freeze user is a is a salesforce admin action uh, to your point, it's if you wait till you wait to kind of disable the user in Okta or suspend the session there, it, you still have to rely on the next session for right, for right. that to be disabled. But if you freeze it inside the app, then it's like you really break the connection for any active sessions. And so, the, and so that's my my Salesforce um, account session that I'm in. Presumably, if if I'm this this nefarious user, I, I'm probably also in some other apps at the same time. I'm in. Uh, SharePoint Online. I'm in Inbox or whatever. I'm I'm doing nefarious things in there too. So so um, uh, 
Like, yeah. Assuming that these other platforms have like free Correct. session Correct. APIs and, and functionality. Right. And that's what I'm, uh, that's exactly where we work deeply with these SaaS vendors saying, hey, they, would ha- they might have a different way to describe freeze user and they might have a way to say kill session or something and deactivate user. And uh, we, you know, import all of those actions and we can um, surface them in the same admin catalog. So mm. then you can just run that as a nice workflow. Can, can you make it so, so that, um, like, because in, in one in different platforms, they might describe the same concept in different ways, and there are different buttons that they have it. But like, I just want to go in better better cloud and have like the same button that does everything across the different platforms, even though they describe it in different ways, or the functionality might be slightly different. Like, there's there's that like uh, that like translate everything right. into a common language task for, for better cloud to yeah. do. So what, what do you do there? Yeah, so I think that's something that we've been asking or we've been wanting to implement sort of a common um, terminology it's to say, mm-hmm. you know, you take one sort of admin task and it translates it into different uh, actions across the different providers. We're not there yet today because I think that, that SaaS config standard needs to kind of yeah. uh, come up. However, what we do for that is uh, we can let admins define a custom workflow and we can ship with these custom, sorry, default templates that say, well, if you want to just freeze a user, uh, it could mean different API calls across different vendors and different terminologies, but it's readily available to you as a package workflow. Right, right. And it just runs those series of steps. So that's where we are today. Uh, but yes, in an ideal world, we'd love to get to that state. And a lot of customers ask us that, say, can you guys do the translation behind the scenes? I, all I want to do is take the sort of common layman action. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's always, as as the, as the blogger who like gets to, to see what different vendors across all different uh, parts of the space, um, we always have like lots of ideas. We're like, hey, it'd be cool if you could do, do this. Um, but uh, we're, we're as the bloggers, we're not the ones that have to actually build this stuff. We just get to, <laughs> <laughs> to sit back. Um, but but so the, the 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 last main question that I want to get to um, today, and and uh, time is flying. We're like coming up on, a, on an hour. But uh, um, so we've been we've been talking today mostly about from better cloud into. Uh, into the the SaaS apps, but of course on the other on the other side we have, um, well, I, I'm presuming m- most of these customers uh, they're pretty serious about their SaaS, so they have uh, an IDAS like like Okta or, or or Ping or Azure AD or or VMware Identity Manager or, or whatever. Plus, they also have the um, a lot of them probably have unified endpoint management platforms, and so we've been seeing. This this trend over over the last uh, twelve or twenty four months of the the policy management engines in the IDAS and UEM platforms are getting much more complicated um, examples. So so VMware has uh, uh, Workspace One Intelligence. That's it, it's basically their their conditional access management platform and. And in in Citrix, it's Citrix Analytics, and in Microsoft, it's Kyle. Help me out. It's the um, uh, the graph something. You wrote an article about it. Oh, the, the the intelligent security graph. Security graph yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm and I'm not done yet. Uh, let's see. Other ones. <laughs> Google just came out with the Beyond Corp Alliance. Um, Lookout has the Post Perimeter Security Alliance. So there's there's a lot of these different platforms um, out there, and speaking of with with of this, this is another place where we need like the um, like security status, contextual access config standard because we see that all those uh, different platforms that I just mentioned, they're all opening up their own APIs, like for for IDASs to talk to UEMs and all of the other. Uh, security vendors so there's like a whole there's a whole matrix of connections to be made on that end uh, so so where, where does better cloud stand on all that yeah that's a great point actually and so I think uh, this is the reason we exposed our platform uh, through APIs and we announced this in in the um, press release that we came up in, in January where we integrated with VMware's airwatch uh, and with mobile iron uh, and with ServiceNow. And, and uh, what what our intent there is, like you said, yes, there's a matrix of existing platforms where 
admins already do their work. For example, in the UEM and the EMM platforms, they do their work for managing endpoints and, and mobile devices. Well, if Better Cloud can expose all the SaaS controls uh, natively so that their platforms can be enriched and they can call actions into SaaS apps, then would that not be cool? And that's what we're doing with AirWatch and MobileRN. Uh, in a similar way, in, uh, in the ITSM platforms, right? So I described a use case earlier where a help desk ticket comes in. Well, today, ServiceNow is the de facto choice for many organizations. So we're actually working with ServiceNow to work on a nice app integration, which will be um, helping an ITSM agent to get a ticket pull up a list of existing better cloud actions and workflows and resolve that ticket right there without even having to leave service now right if, if, if their ticket is on board this new employee or that's right um, and 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 even um, yeah and and also with IT service management platforms uh, also um, like HR management platforms could, could exactly con conceptually we're talking about a lot of the same tasks um, yes and and HR driven Provisioning is, is one of those uh, topics that, that comes up a lot in conversations over the last few years as well. Right. And so we've already built an integration with one of the HRIS platforms called Namely. Um, and so, again, we did that because a lot of the Google G Suite-centric customers use Namely. Uh, but we're beginning to embark on integrations with Workday, with success factors, and all the kind of leaders in the HRIS space. And in the same vein, um, you know, we're doing the same thing for security operations and orchestration, right? So a lot of the uh, SIM platforms like Splunk, Sumo Logic, we're working with them where you can get an incident uh, that you've triaged through Splunk or Sumo Logic, but then you want to take a remediation action inside a SaaS app, but you can't do that because you have to leave Splunk or SIM or write a script to go back into Slack or Box. Well, BetterCloud can give you those actions right there in Splunk and Sumo Logic so you can orchestrate that right away and take a remediation action. And then same thing for uh, a lot of the security operations platforms, right? So again, Splunk has something called Phantom. Uh, Palo Alto has something called Demisto. And then ServiceNow actually has a SecOps platform as well. And so what those platforms are doing is they're ingesting both the alerts um, that can be exposed through any SaaS, uh, sorry, through a security platform, and we could be one of them. And on the flip side, uh, again, for remediation, we can expose a lot of the SaaS actions with none of those security orchestration vendors have. So you can literally write a playbook or runbook that ingests an alert and takes an action from BetterCloud along with the rest of your security infrastructure for an incident or a breach. Right, right. And and also, I'm, I'm assuming it goes without saying, since we didn't mention specifically, um, but assuming that that uh, someone has uh, has an IDAS, um, then then you're uh, a, a service provider that is referring to that IDAS as the Correct. as the source of truth for the directory. Yeah, we're doing that already for three of them, right? We're doing it for Google's uh, directory or cloud identity provider. We're doing it for Azure AD, and we're doing it for Okta. And so we're going to keep continuing down that path of supporting uh, multiple IDAS vendors. And today, the way we do that is we treat that IDAS vendor as the source of truth that will drive any kind of workflow uh, automation uh, from that user identity and then kicks it off for all the SaaS apps where that same user identity exists across the the multiple SaaS apps. Okay, so so this is like, like coming around full circle. Um, as, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast and, and when we first talked about this, um, was that at Octane? Octane, or, that's right. Right, um, like the, the idea of like group policy for all of your SaaS apps, I think anybody in our audience should should get that, especially because in the in the desktop virtualization space, we've also been talking um, user environment management uh, for years and years. And and just a couple of weeks ago, I wrote this article uh, that we need something like user environment management for unified endpoint management, like all those parts of the uh, the user experience that like really could be exposed in in endpoint management like that example of uh that I was giving you earlier of right. all the all the settings that are in that are in the settings apps but not exposed via MDM and so this is the same thing for um for 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 SaaS apps like so so my like that point that I was making in my article like um so we could also use unified endpoint or user environment management for SaaS apps. I, I, and and I think I, I, I wrote that article like a week before <laughs> I came and talked to you at Octane. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is exactly what I was talking about. So this is this is this is really cool. Um, is there 
what what else? It, it seems like we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything else that we should know or that you're excited about or? I, I think that's that's I think pretty much sums up the conversation. I think uh, what you'll see from us, uh, you know, is expand broadly into those two use cases. Like you said, it's user orchestration um, and data protection for SaaS apps, right? So that's really what we're all about in terms of solving those two use cases. And um, over the next you know few months and years, you'll see us executing those two pillars deeply within uh, a broad variety of SaaS applications. And I really hope and strive that this becomes a industry standard and we're not the only one solving this platform challenge. Yeah, cool. So, and and it's just uh, bettercloud.com where, where they can find you and, and um, and also, I guess uh, I'll, I'll note that so you're you're here in San Francisco, and and you said that that uh, Better Cloud just opened up a San Francisco office. That's right. So we are headquartered in New York City. Um, that's our business HQ, and our engineering HQ is in Atlanta. So we have approximately uh, more than 100 employees each in those two locations. And our San Francisco office just opened up a couple of months back, and we're in the heart of the Soma district. Uh, we're just at about 10 employees and we're quickly going to almost 25 employees. So, so yes, if you are interested in a career at Better Cloud, uh, we have almost 30 to 40 positions open. Uh, we're hiring across the board um, and uh, we are also um, uh, available at uh, www.bettercloud.com. And so we can check us out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a, g- a good plug for that. And um, like, like uh, again, um, that I was so excited to have this podcast because I knew it was right at the heart of what uh, what I'd been thinking about and what I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about already or will be thinking about. And, and um, you know, the Better Cloud is clearly coming at it at a really interesting angle that's... Um, that uh, this is this is pretty unique. This is this is why I wanted to have you here in person so we could uh, yeah uh, this show, is, show the excitement. So. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Jack. And uh, this is a, a great passion of mine in terms of solving this for uh, the next kind of digital workplace. Um, and so we feel like this is the next frontier for for us to solve these problems. So happy to be here, and uh, I'm pretty stoked about uh, what we're building, and uh, look forward to working more with you. Awesome. Well, Shreyas, thank you very much for uh, for coming on uh, on the podcast. Um, to uh, to Kyle Johnson, my colleague, thank you very much for uh, for joining us and and uh, reminding me of uh, some some helpful things. And uh, to everyone who is listening, uh, thank you very much. This is the BrianMadden.com podcast. This was recorded on Thursday, May 9th. Um, we're probably going to have this published uh, Tuesday. Or uh, or or Wednesday of wh- whatever that is the the fourteenth or the fifteenth who knows well you, it'll be in your podcast app uh, when it is um, you can subscribe at brianmadden.com and all that fun stuff thanks for listening. <laughs>